a lamb and listen in. We've got a lot to say. And I'm Maddie. And welcome to Chew It Swallow. Swallow. That was different than usual. That was, that was different. <laughs> We're in a different mood today. I think it's a little bit of delirium and emotional something. I also agree with that. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm, I'm crazy. My brain, though, is already on vacation. Half of my brain is scrambled eggs. The other is like sunny side up, but they're both fried eggs. <laughs> sunny side up and scrambled yeah they're both fried <laughs> maybe just one egg half and half i'm in a weird state <laughs> no my brain is just thinking about packing and how anxious i am about that where, i get, where are you going uh manchester edinburgh london so uk yeah is it only the uk you're going to well edinburgh is uh, scotland but for you thank you so much you're welcome it's been a while. Edinburgh, Scotland. Oh, is it Scotland? I don't right? know. I've never been to Scotland. I don't know about. So I'm the really Scottish. excited. They have a Chihuahua cafe. No, they don't. Yeah, that's your heaven. I you know. have to go. I know. You have to go. I know. They, like it's like a cat cafe, but with Chihuahuas. You literally should sneak out in the middle of the night and sleep overnight. Break in, sleep there with the Chihuahuas, and wake up. It, as is your right as oh a human being to that spend the night be, with Chihuahuas. That would actually be my heaven. <laughs> there is an island of cats in Japan that I similarly would Dude, love to go to. I want to go there so badly. But I'm also worried because they're all stray cats. Like, I would be diseased as fuck after No, you know going. what? I heard that they get them shots. No way. Yeah, that's Who what Who takes care of these cats? I don't know. I, I the government takes care the of them? How? <laughs> Our know, government would never. The government doesn't spend money on anything important. The American government would never. No, absolutely They also not. don't really spend money on important things. Give it an old college try. An old college try, does that mean you're not going to try? Yes, because I didn't do anything in college. <laughs> do homework. Yeah, I did the whole bullshit experience. No car on campus freshman year. Just Oh, I didn't have one my first year. Up, I hate that. My school. I know that they want you to get immersed and stuff, but like... I walked like four... No, not four. It was way more than that. <laughs> I walked like 10 blocks to a house party one time in the freezing cold I'm telling winter. you, the things, the things that college students will do for like a shitty house party. Just give them access to cars. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> what do they, I guess like, or like transportation. I wonder if maybe. they do it for drinking things like like you said, you're willing to walk 10 blocks. Like, maybe you won't get in a car accident. I don't know. That's kind of a fair point. That's true. Yeah. Unless you were in my school and you were a dry campus. Oh, God. I could never. We had our we had our work. I imagine. I got caught one time. No way. Yeah. By an RA? Yeah. Oof. I got written up. No. And I had to retake my alcohol course. Your anxiety, I can just feel it. Oh, I sobbed. Surging. I walked in there, saw the note, and all my shit ripped apart, and I no! was sobbing. They didn't even put your stuff back together? I mean, they did, but I I saw the note, and I was like... And then I looked in my freezer, and I'm like, fuck, this <gasps> entire bottle of vodka that I just spent, like, $15 <laughs> on is gone. I was like, that is my... Pink lemonade vodka. (laughs) (laughs) 
I was going to drink that all in two hours. <laughs> I tried to help out. I think I told you this story. I was an RA in college and I tried so hard to help out this one person on my hall. And like she, I don't even know if she like drank this bottle of wine or anything, but you're not allowed to have the open container. And she was using them as decoration. And I was going through like with my boss down the hall. Wait, checking. was it empty? It was empty. Then what the fuck? I, it's a rule, right? So I was trying to help her out because, like, everyone knows the rules. And I was like, oh, let me just... <laughs> I hid the bottle behind because I went in before my boss. I hid it under her bed or whatever. And my boss comes in. He's like, ah, <laughs> look at what I found. And I'm like, god damn it. <laughs> no. I tried so hard. So I think... I don't know if she got written up or not, but... You should have put it down your pants. It really in my skinny jeans you think that would have been yeah you just be packing <laughs> they don't know what you got i don't see the thing is i'm surprised they went into your fridge because i think on my campus you weren't allowed to open the fridges like it oh was a, they let a, they let hmm. they're allowed to like look your private school though right yeah we were public anyway <laughs> anyway moving on you know what i was listening to on the way over here what my newfound obsession tell me okay so you know how we're like really funny. Yes, right? yeah. <laughs> and we're bestie booze, right? Mm-hmm. So I found the guy version of us. Dude. <laughs> right? Right. Okay, so they're two dudes, right? From Australia. First of all, that's all you need to know. Australian would listen just for the accent. Honestly. Not to generalize or be rude, but like would listen for the accent yep. alone. Yeah. Um, not only are they Australian, but they're also fucking hilarious. I said our number one thing for them is Australian. Australian is the number one. <laughs> Go listen to them because they're Australian. <laughs> Period. End of story. <laughs> so they're the male version of us. They are kind of the male version of us, yes. I really love it. Yeah. Even their bio, like their description of their podcast is similar. I feel like this is the multiverse. Are they us? I mean, they might be. We should ask them. It's called the Almost Everything Podcast, and it is fronted by two bestie pals, Tim and Lewis. Tim and Lewis. Shout out. Shout out to Tim and Lewis. Uh, I freaking love them. I was listening to an episode on the way over here, and they were... I'm really excited to get your opinion on this. <laughs> they, The two of them were arguing whether... Okay, you know when you wear a belt, like, with your clothes... Like on your pants? On or your like, pants. Okay. No, you're not wearing a belt I, like you know over what? your titties. There was, <laughs> you would be surprised. <laughs> Do you remember the whole trend where you would wear belts with dresses? Like, just cinch it with a belt. You know? Yeah, you they still that? do that shit. Do they really? <laughs> yes. God, it's horrible. I didn't like it then. <laughs> you might have big opinions on this, though. <laughs> okay, so you know how, like, you wear a belt to keep up your pants, right? Okay. I mean, or fashion reasons. I whatever. wear belts, yes. Yes, I wear belts as well. The appropriate way. Not on my titties. <laughs> <laughs> um, how do you feel about belts on your pants? Where is that? Just wait. <laughs> this is really hard for me to explain. <laughs> belts like on your pants, right? How how belts be? <laughs> But you can't see them. What? <laughs> so, like, okay, so, like, okay, one of them is golfing, right? One of them golfs or whatever. And he was, like, talking about what he wore. So he wore, like, white polo, you know, whatever, pants, whatever. And this sweater that, like, goes over the belt loops area, right? Okay. 
And um, the the other guy was like, why don't you just put a belt with it? And he Wait, was, why would you put it? What was the argument know. for the belt? I don't remember. I don't remember. Okay. okay. But he, he, he said something about a belt. And then he was like, no, that would be weird because you wouldn't be able to see it. What do you... Oh, because the shirt's covering it. Because the shirt's covering it. All right, fair. What is your feeling? About what specifically? About wearing the belt? a belt, not being able was to see it, Was the belt just an aesthetic, uh, like, offer? Was it just like, well, why Well, he was you... like, it would look nice. And he's like, but you wouldn't be able to see it. Correct. I agree. You wouldn't be able to see the belt if the shirt's covering it. If you need the belt, it's for practical purposes well, what only. if he bends over? Uh, well, I'm waiting you can for, see the belt. I'm waiting for the moment that he's probably, possibly going to bend over just so I can get a <laughs> glimpse of the belt. <laughs> Seems like it's for functional purposes. Okay. That was the argument. Why would he wear a belt if you can't see the belt? Like a like me wearing a like this fancy bra. Like no one's going to see my bra. I'm going to see it. It'll make me feel better maybe. Be like confident something like that. Then it's a personal choice. Right, it's a personal choice. If you want to wear the belt and you feel better about the belt aesthetically, wear the belt. But if no one's going to see the belt and you don't care, don't wear the belt. <laughs> First, you were like, no one can see it. And I was like, is she talking about the belt? Is it a belt? Is this an invisible belt? No. <laughs> the shirt is covering the belt. Not sure where this is going. Seems pretty obvious to me. <laughs> I don't know why it's an argument. Well, one of them was like, but it's stylish. And he's like, but no one's going to see it. And he's like, well, if you bend over, you get a little sneak peek. No, who is waiting for the bend over? know somebody's looking at his ass maybe i highly doubt that in men's fashion people are <laughs> waiting for someone to bend over to get a sneak peek at a belt you know what he should do the french tuck the french tuck is it the french tuck with the belt the french if somebody half tucks their shirt in i'm like they put so much effort they <laughs> did they did i always do that i love a french tuck they literally did not put effort in but no. they did i'm a french tuck queen i love the french tuck. love it so people used to make fun of me all the time though they'd be like how come half of your shirt is tucked in how come your and face is ugly Karen? exactly so, is what i would say <laughs> I, <laughs> did your mom give birth to a snail because that's what you fucking look like <laughs> Put on a belt. You'll look better. <laughs> Hopefully it covers your face. <laughs> Above the titties. <laughs> anyway, I was cackling laughing at these two just going back and forth between the belt. I don't even know. I gotta listen. I'll give it my own personal listen. All of you should too. Yeah, no. That is the Almost Everything podcast. Go take a listen. They're fucking hilarious. Do they have an Instagram handle? They do. It's, it's literally just... At almost everything podcast, all one word, all lowercase, no spaces. Yeah, they're really cool. We want to be friends with them because they're kind of awesome. And I'm obsessed with their podcast right now. Yep. And they're almost as funny as us. Yeah, just barely. You get you get it because I said almost because mm-hmm. it's the almost everything. Yeah. Not everything is as funny as us, but no, they but try. They're almost. They try. They can try. No, they're actually way more funny than us. <laughs> <laughs> We're funny, but Our they're like, you really funny. Our southern accent, does that come out ever? It need be funny. <laughs> that is endearing. <laughs> All right, what are we talking about in this episode? Oh my god, I almost forgot. May the fourth be with you. May the fucking fourth. You know what my family does? Every time we say that, I'm like, may the fourth be with you. And because we're Catholic. And also <laughs> with you, I knew it. I do the same shit. <laughs> 
Catholic, more culturally speaking, not really religious, but it's so funny. Every time it's like, and also with me. <laughs> but they don't do that shit anymore in churches. Did they not? No, they changed it. It's something else. It's not like, in my Christian really? household. It's something. No, like in the church, they've changed the ending of that. Like you don't say to it what? also with you. I think it's some like long sentence about Jesus. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. I could barely remember it also with you. Right. That's the only thing I was good at in church. <laughs> I don't know. I was good at the hymns. I can get down with a hymn. Why did they? I hated them. Wait, the hymns, is that the songs? Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, no, I didn't like those. A lot of my family my went dad to, too. yeah, the nun school, the my Catholic school. Yeah. yeah. Crazy. Could not be me. I would get kicked out so fast. So fast. I mean, general personality, nature versus nurture has nothing to do with it. No, I would just, be just generally who you are. <laughs> I would be kicked the fuck out. <laughs> I feel like if you step on a bug, you get kicked out of Catholic school, though. Well, I went to Catholic, I mean, old Catholic school. Yeah. Like, older Catholic school. I mean, for some people, you know, same thing with the military, maybe. Some people really benefit from that kind of system. I've heard good things. Not about Catholic school. <laughs> if you have good stories to share, would love to hear. I would love to hear some stories I, about Catholic school. Every person that comes from Catholic school has only awful things to say about it. I went to Catholic school. You have bad things to say about it. I mean, I have pleasant memories. Is there a different kind of school you can... Oh, my God. We're talking about Star Wars today. Oh, yeah. We are. So, uh, for in honor of May the 4th, we thought we would do a Star Wars episode. Yeah. Because it's Star Wars Day. We're both super nerds, too. So, yeah. this is going to be excellent. This is going to be a good fucking time. And I literally thought before we did this, I was like, oh, this is going to be entertaining for me, but I'm not going to, like, really dig in. No. I started you watching know how Maddie this docuseries, is. and I was like, I got obsessed. That's how Maddie be. Whenever... Um, we find like something we're gonna research or whatever. She goes way above and beyond. I go a little too deep, and I'm just like I'm here for the laughs. But I love we're balanced so well. We are. We are really balanced. I You're like laughs. informative, and I'm like <laughs> I want to chuckle, <laughs> <laughs> falling asleep in the corner. Honestly, barely being able to follow what's going on. <laughs> My eyes glaze over. <laughs> there are times when I keep talking, and then I feel like Alice in Wonderland after she stepped on too many of those colored stones, and she doesn't know where she is anymore. <laughs> I'm like, uh, how'd I get here? <laughs> the cat's got to bring me home. Oh, God. All right. <laughs> okay, you're starting. Yeah, I'm starting. So I just have, like, some random facts about filming. Ooh, okay. Just, it's going to be all over the place. Bear with me. I'm going to tie you together because that documentary, the docu-series I watched is uh, very much. Thank burp you. for you. Thank you so much. <laughs> That's kind of, like, what, a little bit of what I went into as well. Okay, cool. So from abc30.com. I don't know if any of this is factual. <laughs> Thank you. I, ABC is Disney owned, isn't it? I don't know. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. All right. Numero uno. That's Spanish, though. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> Anakin Skywalker's pod racer in The Phantom Menace, which everybody's going to hate me, but that's my favorite. <laughs> they are going to come after I you. know. I like that one. <laughs> I like baby Annie. He's kind of nice. He's so cute. We like baby Annie. I have some really sad shit to say about him later. Uh oh. <laughs> Anakin Skywalker's pod racer in The Phantom Menace was created from an interesting collection and props. The front of the shuttle in which Anakin sits was made from the shell of a 1960s racing car called a Maserati birdcage. Ooh. Isn't that dope? Yeah. Yeah. Can I tack on to that? Yeah. <clears throat> the docuseries, that, <laughs> I'm going to say this so many times, the thing I was watching... 
it showed that same car and I didn't know it was from a Maserati. That's really cool. And it does not look like it. It's like so dingy and beat up. But I don't know if I wrote this down, but Lucas ex- like explicitly wanted people to bang and like ding and make it like dirty just so it would contrast that um, cyberpunk era of the 1980s and like bring a new feel to the technology of this like different kind of space yeah. dimension. It's so cool That's like how he dope. had and then the wheels, there were wheels on that car, of course. And so you can kind of tell when you watch the movies back because it, it was so low budget. You can see where they like highlighted out and like corrected that out. It's crazy, and it kind of works for it because you're like, how does that car work? And you, they don't explain it, so yeah. it's, you're just like, yeah, that's part of the car. They they gotta know what we're talking about. It's the one where he does the, these are not the dro- droids you're looking for, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we're on a whole other movie in this fact. In total, seventy two sets were created for Revenge of the Sith. The largest set was the stage where Anakin Skywalker has an epic lightsaber battle with Count Dooku. Wow. 72. 72 in Revenge of the Sith. That's insane. Can I just say, the guy who played older Anakin can fucking get it. Wait, who is that actor? Christian. Christian? Yes. Hayden Christian. Yep. Christensen? Christensen? Yeah. My dad just saw him at Disney. My whole family was at Disney, and they saw him in person. Whatever! Like, a week or two ago. Oh my god, I fucking love him. Yep. Yeah. My sister was like, do not go up to him. He's on vacation. He's a celebrity. My dad was like, please, because my dad's the biggest oh, Star I Wars nerd. Oh, I would have went up there. He's I would have been like, hey. The biggest Star Wars nerd. I mean, you come on. You play a character like that and then go to Disney World... People okay, are but know. also, like, celebrities are used to it. It's not that big of a deal to go up to them. It's kind of what they sign up for. It is. Like, what are they going to do, yell at you? Sometimes that happens, I feel like. Or they just, like, it ruins the experience for you because they're kind of, like, pissed off and they just want to enjoy their whatever. But, like, okay, if you're a celebrity and somebody comes over to you and they, like, adore you, yeah. like, what are you, why? Why are you being a bitch about it? Right. Like, Me, that- if I was a celebrity, I'd be in heavy makeup, like, to look completely different if I didn't want to be noticed. But I feel like even if somebody came up to me, I'd just be like, what's up? Yeah. Because they love you as a person, right? Yeah. I mean. Your work. Yeah, they're supportive of you. Like, yeah. that should be a True. good thing. I don't know. And I'm, you're making millions of dollars off it. The least you can do is say hi. Yeah. And be nice. I think so, too. All right. Despite being a big-budget film, the creative team tried to build props as economically as possible. Oh, like like the, um... Let me, let me Oh, I didn't know. I'm sorry. The pod that CP3... C... (laughs) I'm sorry. CPP. 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 The pod that C-3PO and R2-D2 used to escape in A New Hope was created from two paint buckets. Oh, my God. It was only used in two shots in the movie. I'm so sorry, but my nerd brain is just on fire right Please now. Please keep going. Are you done? Yeah. Okay. That was the end of the fact. So, are you talking about the one where the pod gets expelled from the ship? I think so. Oh, my God. So, this shot is so cool. They... ILM, when ILM is the industrial light and magic, like, affects people, right? And so when they were filming that shot, they were way behind schedule. 
And they, Lucas came in, George Lucas came in, like, after they had made, like, three or so shots, and that was one of them, and they were really happy with it. You know, they were like, we did all this. They built the cameras. They, like, refurbished these old cameras that were just out of commission. That's amazing. And, yeah, you couldn't find them or or anywhere. They were obsolete. And, like, they redid all of the technology. They built a motion control system, which is to, like, get the motion of the shots perfect to make it look more realistic, like, as realistic as possible. So they put all this time and effort in, and George Lucas is, like, stressed out because he's being hassled by Fox to get this, like, show on the road kind of thing. And so he comes in after, like, those shots are made, and he's like, you guys, like, you're not doing anything, kind of. And he, like, sat down with John... Um, oh my god, what's his last name? John Dykstra? Is that what it is? Just want to make sure, hang on. Dykstra, sorry. John Dykstra. So many letters in there, I can't remember it. But, and he almost fired him on the spot. He, he oh was my like, god. the guy who started ILM and everything. Yeah, because in that shot, they took a lot of time on it, because when they, they filmed it from above, they had to build the model, build that thing from the paint bucket, which is, I think is the pod that you're talking about. Yeah. And then, when that, like, expels from the ship you see all the like dust flying around it was just like um what did they put in there it was some material that they had cocaine cocaine and it was in there (laughs) (laughs) set your sources people (laughs) don't listen to us for real and it like when it so that when it dropped out of there when they were filming from above you could like all the particles would like, that's so dope it's it's just so smart yeah and they said they um if you look closely you can't see the stars in the background because it was just like a shot that they filmed with the model and everything and they did they didn't put the stars in there yeah i did read about that so cool so okay, cool go ahead and continue Alrighty. in a new hope the creative team was criticized because their asteroid designs resembled potatoes <laughs> but if you look but if you look in the far distance during the Millennium Falcon chase scenes, real <laughs> potatoes were actually used. Nuh-uh. <laughs> Why? Just for spite? No, I think it was just, they look like asteroids. <laughs> That's the best thing I've ever heard. I mean, asteroids what? They're like these brown balls in the sky i mean (laughs) i think that's kind of dope brown balls in the sky brown balls (laughs) that's excellent no like i what i love about this is that george lucas was so like so much of a perfectionist but he his movie was so right but his movie was so low budget yeah so it just drove him absolutely insane which is very sad but and he was very stressed he ended up going to the hospital because he was like having heart Heart attack symptoms yeah Yeah, it was it was very very bad but yeah he also i heard didn't communicate the best so people were on different pages i've heard about that too yeah so his his movies were a little bit disorganized until he got people on the set to help with that and right. then it improved right but i mean i mean i bet he all had all like these ideas in his brain right it's just he couldn't fully communicate them to other people which... it reminds yeah it reminds me of tolkien who is like who's very well written and stuff and like has all of this like um, like small details related to his world, like just down to the very last thing. But he had that too. You could tell he just didn't communicate it very well. Like what I heard was he was very vague, which the artists like because they had a lot of creative control, like actors and stuff. They would improvise and all of that. But yeah, I heard it was difficult to work in those conditions sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even in our job. Oh yeah. Lack need, of information. Yeah. Lack yeah. of information is infuriating. Mm-hmm. 
All right. In the early movies, they bashed around a couple of ice cube trays to create the sound of C-3PO moving. Really? So I'm super into, even when I was in school, I'm super into the way that they create sound effects. I think that's so cool. And so, of course, when I saw that, I was like, nerd nerd brain went off. But like, what kind of ice cube trays it was? Metal? I mean, mate, hmm. Are there plastic ones? Right? Interesting. Yeah, because he's, I just thought, like, he's made of metal. Right. So right. what would they use? We need to go and watch it. I want to watch and, the actual footage. Yeah. 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 We should watch this afterwards, too, because after I've seen this docuseries, it's just, like, I can't watch the movies the same. We should watch a movie after yeah. this. All righty. Jabba the Hutt was a life-sized puppet. The special effects team had to stand behind and inside the character in order to try and make him move in the most realistic way. <laughs> Can you imagine your job is to be inside Jabba the <laughs> I would die. <laughs> There's a crew member in the tail as well as two crew members on remote controls, which were used to move the tongue and eyes. Oh my god. You know what this reminds me of? It reminds me of the Harry Potter movie movies sorry with Hagrid he like had to wear like this full fucking suit yeah like the only thing that wasn't that was him completely were like his was his face wait what yeah and apparently they had like a cool I know we're talking about Harry Potter now but I'm sorry no no I'm interested they're all kind of connected yeah um apparently they're they had like these hoses like wrapped all around inside of Hag- the Hagrid suit in order to keep him warm. I mean, keep him cold. I mean, keep him cool. Oh, my God. <laughs> keep him cool. To keep him warm. I mean, to keep him hot. I mean, to keep him cold. I mean, to keep him frozen. I mean, to keep him cool. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> to keep him cool, though, because it was so hot in there. Dang. Uh, yeah, I was going to spoil some Disney magic, but the Disney gods would hate me, so I'm not going to do it. I would get terrible karma. Oh, God, you got to tell me later. I will. Okay. <laughs> Alrighty. For the sound of the desert dunes in The Return of the Jedi, the sound crew recorded jets landing and taking off at the local naval air station in Arizona. These sounds were also used for many of the speeder bikes seen later in the movie. That's cool. Yeah, I thought that was cool. Apparently, they tried, they were, like, in the actual desert in Arizona trying to pick up the sounds, but they couldn't get good footage because it was so aggressive, like, the winds were so aggressive, Mm -hmm. so they didn't get good sound, so that's why. Yeah, I can't imagine that they would get good results from that. Mm -mm. Wow. Yeah. Um, so then I went on to ScreenRant.com. In The Empire Strikes Back, Darth Vader's plot twist was a secret among the cast and crew. When Vader tells Luke, no, I am your father. It was kept a secret among the crew and crew to avoid leak. The only people who knew about the twist were Lucas and Kirshner, who was the director of the film. Um, and hopefully Mark Hamill who told Hamill in secret so he could act accordingly in his performance. Also, George Lucas apparently told Hamill, he was like, if you if this gets leaked out, I know exactly who told. So he was like basically threatening Hamill. 
damn he was under so much stress he was probably crazy at this point yeah i remember during this well movie, i mean it is his brainchild of course oh, yeah. he's gonna be crazy but people I mean, were like, up his ass too about this movie but also like i mean like fucking jk rowling people were Right. bitching about her because it's like this is like your creation this is your brainchild mm-hmm. of course you're gonna be oh, difficult yeah. to work with he's on the he's like it's it's his thing and he's the director so it's kind of like i feel like people like that they do get a free pass on some things because that's how i feel it is they're, they're doing a lot of the work and stress there. yeah but it's also like i know the john green movies Apparently, John Green was a nightmare to work with because he, you know, he was like, these are my books. Like, I wrote this. Like, yeah. do it right or don't right. do it at all. Correct. But there's a difference between being abusive and just being, like, frustrating. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's, it's also going into, I mean, A Court of Thorns and Roses. Right. Which I refuse to watch. But apparently a lot of people are saying that Sarah J. Moss is a nightmare to work with. No way. Because of the I same couldn't thing. believe that. Really? I don't believe it either, but at the same time, I'm like, she can do whatever the fuck she wants. Correct. Like, this is her... I mean, it's like J.K. Rowling. Like, this is their story. Yeah. Their, they created this. They want it to be done right or not done at all. I agree. Like, if I was an actor in, like, one of these positions, I'd be like, whatever you want to do. Correct. I'd be honored. Exactly. It's not my story to tell. No. Yeah. I don't get to improvise on that. Mm-mm. But yeah, no, Lucas would give a lot of, uh, like, a lot of free reign. And the actors, when, like, in that series, they were like, yeah, I took this role because I heard interesting things about his directing style and I wanted to see what was up. And so people would go there because directors are, you know, consistently like, this is how you do it, this is how like this is gonna go and and directors have a huge influence over the film like you can pin movies of certain directors just by looking at it aesthetically like that's how much influence they have so it's like you kind of have to listen to the director because if a million people are choosing what goes into the movie it's not the director's movie anymore like you're definitely a huge part of it like people know the actors people know the dp people know like the people that partake but everyone has their role it's very yeah very beehive you know like everyone has their place (laughs) so funny that you said that george lucas would let people kind of go off on their own okay one of the most well-known exchanges from the empire strikes back comes right before han is frozen in carbonite when leia tells him i love you and han responds with i know the original response was just remember that because i'll be back but ford wanted to come up with his own idea for his response Kirshner eventually decided to allow Ford to respond with what he wanted, and Ford came up with the line, I know. I like that line. I like the original line. Do you really? I think I know is a little bit bratty. It is, but it's totally his MO. It's his character. Harrison Ford's a little bratty also. I know Harrison Ford is a bratty, but like... I would have preferred just remember that because I'll be back. That's way more like I love you too type of situation. And like, you know, whenever they, you know, come back with Disney, when Disney did the the sequels or whatever, and Han Solo and Leia were obviously still in love with each other, like still loved each other, he was way more caring. So it's like, why? You don't think it fits. I don't think it fits. Mm. Not with the character that, Han Solo used to be versus 
how he's portrayed in the Disney films. I like your perspective. I disagree, but I like your perspective. Yeah. Mm. Also, the other thing I have about um, the Disney representation in the movie Solo. I loved that movie. I loved that movie. Oh, good. I thought you were going to say you hated it. No, 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 no. Han Solo is my favorite character of any Star Wars movie ever. Really? I've always loved him. He's my favorite. Um, But the guy who played him, one, did fucking phenomenal. But two, he was also kind of soft. It's true. Yeah. Like, I, I feel like it. Disney made Han Solo a lot softer than he was in the original film. Totally. I don't know if that's character development or just Disney. But why would his character develop Yeah. when it's telling the origin story of Han Solo? Sorry. That? Spoiler alert. If you haven't seen these movies and you want to, Han Solo refused to do another film. Um, uh, Harrison Ford? Yes. Yeah. I know. But- no, but he was in the last one. So he came back as a flashback or a, a, he came back with whatever the hell, the force or whatever. Yeah. Again, turn it off if you don't want spoilers. But Harrison Ford, I heard after um, episode seven came out, he was like, I'm I'll do this one with you. Like they barely got him, but he refused to do any more movies. And so they had to kill him. That's oh, you mean when they killed him off? Yeah. With um, whatever his name is, his Kylo. Yeah. Yeah. Um, his little bitch son. I also, let's talk shit about Disney for a minute. Now, I love Disney, and I think they did a fantastic job with the effects and everything, like, produced incredibly. But it's Disney-fied. I hate to say it. Like, everyone it knows. It really is. Okay, the fucking scene that, that drives me insane is when Leia gets, like, exploded out of the ship, right? <laughs> and then uses the fucking force to put it all back together right. like save her own life. I was like, this is the most bullshit thing I've ever seen. I didn't like the romance aspect of it either. You know? I liked Han Solo and Leia. And I was okay with Rey and Kylo Ren. It was just I didn't forced, like Finn. Though. It was so forced. I didn't like Finn. Did you really not? And I liked his character. No, I love Finn. I'm saying I didn't like the love story between him and that one random Oh, I totally girl. forgot about a love story that he Dude, had. Dude, if they knew each other for like two fucking Who days. Who did he see? I mean, that, you know, Asian girl. I don't remember. That's weird. I'm going to have to rewatch that. I just remember I saw it in theaters and I was a little upset i was i was actually pretty mad after i saw that because i thought it was just a summary of four through six and they were just like pretty much summarized four through six and then put their own disney spit on it and i was like what did i just watch like i just watched george lucas's films condensed into a disney version i really enjoyed those movies but it's not star wars like, it's not original Star Wars. Disney? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I enjoyed the movies, and I thought they were well done. But, I mean, like, I feel like... I mean, it wasn't anything like the originals. Oh, no. And we, we low-key knew that was going to be the deal. Yeah. But I am still a little disappointed. I hate to say it. And I know they were trying really hard. They were yeah. probably handling that so delicately. The one they did the best was Solo. I loved Solo, but you know what my real favorite is that Disney did? Rogue One. Everybody loves Rogue One. Oh, I hated my God. that movie. Really? I thought it was so boring. God, it's so good. I will watch it over and over again. I love it. I was so fucking bored in that movie. No way. All it was was explosion. There was no fucking character development. Jen Erso. I 
like character development personally. I like to know people's personalities and their flashback or their fucking. I will say that's true. They blew Han Solo out of the water. That was a great movie. That one, uh, I loved Finn and Finn and Ray's character development Love it. together and separate. Yeah. Beautiful. And you know something that didn't carry over to the and Disney? And Kylo Ren. True. I loved Kylo Ren's character. Mm, I like, never have liked his character. I liked him at the very end when he dies. <laughs> that sounds one. awful. Me too. <laughs> um, but, I mean, we all knew Ray and Kylo Ren were going to have a thing. We knew that from the first fucking movie. I didn't want that to be a thing. I kind of liked it. <laughs> You can hate me, whatever. I thought it was kind of sweet. It felt weird and out of place. See, that's what I felt like with Finn and that fucking random chick. <laughs> that's probably why I don't remember it. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? They've literally known each other for two fucking days. They always put romance where it doesn't belong. And the thing is with Lucas's films, like when he was directing all of those, what I, what everyone liked about that charm was that he was casting, right? And I think I put this in my you know, interesting facts or whatever about when he was casting people. But a lot of people, like famous actors, kind of tried out, like Jodie Foster and uh, Burt Reynolds. I couldn't see either of them in that. I will say that he had contenders, right? So, like, people wanted to be in this movie. (laughs) No offense, Mark Hamill. But they hired Mark Hamill, you know, out of all those people. And he's not, like, this renowned actor but they brought him in, and there's a lot of charm. But Harrison Ford um, originally wasn't eligible for the role of Han Solo, and he only got the role, I think it's because he was in... Yeah, he worked on American Graffiti with Lucas, and so he wasn't eligible eligible for it. Um, and American Graffiti was Lucas's first film, I believe, or the one that got him famous. And so Harrison Ford was like, I want to be that, and he was like, no. And then Harrison Ford helped all the other actors with their lines and then got the role. Um, but now, or was it that he attributed all of his fame? I thought Harrison Ford was the best Han Solo they could have chosen. I agree, though. And he had to work his way into he that, He was, too. like, a perfect cast. I agree. I think he was great. He he was, like, it. honestly, it felt like George Lucas wrote that part specifically for Harrison Ford. I feel that, too. And, like, Harrison Ford is someone who can play, like, a timeless character. And he that's why he's perfect for Star Wars, too, and, like, yeah. Indiana Jones. He just has that face and that... Um, personality. Oh, he's so fucking fine. <laughs> he's just like immortal, honestly. In in film, it's just who he is. It's the characters he plays. Even that he can be resentful about it. We don't care. I don't care about your opinions, Harrison Ford. No one cares. You're no. an actor. <laughs> Do your fucking job. Do your job. <laughs> All right, I have one last fun fact, okay. and it is very much not fun. Okay. <laughs> From Cracks.com. Crack. Cracked. Crack.com? Crack D. <laughs> Crack the D. <laughs> Playing Anakin Skywalker changed Jake Lloyd's life. Not in a good way. Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> he was bullied for his role in Star Wars, not just from Star Wars fans, but also from his classmates and even mainstream media who called him Mannequin Skywalker. Now, what this is a fuck? fucking eight-year-old kid. That's jealousy. Okay. He was bullied so bad that he's given up acting permanently and oh. destroyed his his momentums from the films. Why? That makes me so sad. This was like a fucking what, ten year old, eight, ten year old kid? 
Why would you bully him? Mainstream media bullied him. They're jealous. The fuck? Or bandwagon or something. Star Wars fans? Like, y'all are grown-ass men. Get your shit together. He was good, okay? For a 10-year-old kid, he was a fucking damn good actor. That's so awful. So awful. I'm very sad. I'm glad you went first because I don't want to end on that note. I'm so sad. I did not know that. I knew that he got bullied so bad that he stopped acting, but I didn't know he got bullied from Star Wars fans and from the media. Y'all are fucked up for that. He needs Mannequin reparations. Mannequin Skywalker? Fuck you. He needs reparations. That's so awful. No one in that movie could act super well. Like, it's a low-budget film. Come Honestly, on. he did great. Yeah. Next to fucking Natalie Portman. Oh, my God. Their chemistry? <laughs> I know he was like a 10-year-old kid, but wow. He was not that bad. He wasn't. He was actually quite I good. Didn't, I didn't even notice bad acting. All the times I've seen those movies, I've never thought that. The reason that one's my favorite. I'm so sad. I loved little Annie. Now I want to rewatch the movies. I know. Shout them out. <laughs> okay. So a lot of my stuff is from uh, Light and Magic, the docuseries that I was watching. Right. I think I only saw like two episodes, but I got into it. And like, I think I got into it because I love the team dynamic. Hold on. Yes. Mark Hamill. Okay. Hot or not? To me, no. Okay, me neither. Okay, I just wanted to... He is so unattractive to me it's not every way but i let i get that and i feel that way too and you know at first i was like why did they cast mark hamill as this character but i kind of got it after a minute and i don't know if this was the vision but you know how luke and leia had the weird brewing chemistry but they were siblings so that makes sense right because he's not this hot dude who just walks up and this hot girl is here and like of like course Han they would <laughs> right of course they would fall in love like it was it was kind of after they had their thing and they realized they were siblings it was like oh you're just like it, you can you can put it together my mind could put it together that they were siblings and like relate it to that and be like oh Luke is just this little boy over here and Leia is this girl you know it was easy for my mind to compute that and then you see Harrison Ford who's like this you know rough go-getter he's very much the movie character that is gonna have that romantic fling for sure so I don't know if that was the vision for it but you can totally see them as like brother sister yeah for sure for sure but I like his character I just I don't understand there's people that find him so attractive and I just have never felt that are there really yeah no I don't feel that but I mean, he's not ugly, you know, kind of thing. It's no, just, he's I don't just find a guy. Him. Right. He's just like a dude, you know. He's just a dude, my guy. He's a, <laughs> he's a dude, bro, bro. He's bro. a bro man, bro. He's a dude. He's a bro man. He's just dudeing around, you know. <laughs> in the studs with my dude. I was thinking about that in the shower. I was like, I wonder if artists say that when in they're the in the studs with my with their dudes. <laughs> well, we're in the studs and we're dudes. Do we say it? No. We literally just said we it. We just said it. We're in the studs with my dudes. Yeah. The the I'm the, in the, the two with, of us dudes. I'm in the dude with my dude. <laughs> <laughs> my one dude. Yeah, the one dude that you have is me. <laughs> in gonna, the dude. I'm gonna open my beer now. Uh, Coke. <laughs> Did you like that? Coca-Cola. <laughs> oh, yes. I thought of, I talked, I was I asking about my moan. I liked that Thank too. You. <laughs> I like Coke and your moan. <laughs> <laughs> I want to make that Coke moan. 
The Coke modes. That's why we're in the studs with my dudes for the Coke modes. Okay, let me see how much I can get through this. You know, should I just like spurt out my nerd stuff from the film first? I don't know. Just do what you want. Okay, man. let me go through some of my notes because I did go on Wikipedia. <laughs> I also saw that source. It was a long ass page, but I piled through a little bit of it. So just like as an introduction, um, these are kind of reinforcers for me because I've seen Star Wars a lot as everyone probably has. There's that one person in a batch of 10 people who's never seen it. But, you know, so Star Wars has that strong mythic quality alongside the political and scientific. And then unlike Star Trek, it's not so militaristic. You know, it's not about like the battles and stuff, even though it's like there's something about Star Trek that just you don't like Star Trek, do you? No, my parents adore it. My brother loved it. They watched it all the time when I was a kid. I like it. I watched it with them, but I have it's so meh to me. You really feel that way. I like it a lot. Not entertaining. That one fucking Captain Kirk or whatever the fuck his name is. He fucks like every bitch that walks in the fucking <laughs> ship. I'm like, dude, keep it in your pants. I want to say there's a Black Mirror episode that's kind of Star Trekky. And dude, it is Black so Mirror is so good. I love Black I Mirror. I love Black Whenever Mirror. Whenever I want to get fucked up for the rest of my life, I watch Black Mirror. I know, that shit <laughs> fucks me up. I still think about that robot dog episode where the people were just trying to steal that teddy bear for the kid. Oh my and god. And the robot dog, the whole episode is that the robot dog chasing them and hunting them down to kill this person who was just trying to steal a teddy bear for their dying child. The one that haunts me is the one where the guy goes into that house and it's like the video game one. And it's like, it's... You, he goes into this house. It's like a video game, but it shows all your worst fears. Oh my god! Just kill me instead. I would die. Also, the phone in the in the fucking eye. The bees episode fucked me up. So I'm terrified of bees and bugs, as we know already. Bears beats Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> so I'm glad you brought up Battlestar Galactica. Oh goody, that was an Office reference, <laughs> but. George Lucas actually sued Battlestar Galactica, the game, because of similarities related to Star Wars, and he lost the case. Good. Isn't that funny? <laughs> I mean, that's like suing Star Trek. I mean... Yeah, it was it was dismissed in 1980 by a U.S. federal judge. A federal judge got involved in this. <laughs> you literally... I mean, that's like telling anyone they can't make a, like, a fucking fantasy film i know it's like after after this like you're a new hope and empire strikes back get selected for preservation in the united states national film registry you go after battlestar galactica of all things (laughs) i'm like you're literally like like a legend in this country i don't think you need to worry about competitors right now i think he went a little off the deep end when he was doing star wars i want to say he was one of those like nerds who's a little little on edge you know like he's got he's got a set offs and stuff but it also contributes to his genius which a lot of geniuses and creative people are a little fucked up yeah like johnny depp yeah like they're a little fucked up but people i mean like we see that a lot in american culture stephen king it's pretty much like everyone even actors look at actors like evan peters who play bad parts or like not bad but like very difficult parts to play and same thing with um heath ledger ended up pretty much dying yeah dying from these things and it's just 
it takes a toll being creative like that to for entertainment it's not at an easy price yeah but it was like unlike star trek it was romantic more like it was more and you notice that right so it's like battle star galactia no no star wars Wars. it's like more uh romantic and um like in the sense that it's world building more than it is militaristic kind of like star trek which might be why you found star trek more boring well i love a character development and star trek just does not give that for me that's right because it's like it's more of the emotional you get in star star wars like there's which is why i didn't like rogue one because I didn't get that emotional mm. attachment to any of the characters. I got it a lot in that one. But I, I felt like that movie was highly emotional and destructive. The ending fucked me up. I the love it. The ending was sad as shit. That's why I liked it, though. You don't expect for it to end bad. And I liked that. I respect Rogue One. It's not my fate. I didn't like it. I will not watch it. It's I respect your of... opinion. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, college literature professor, professors, 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 <laughs> the professors have remarked that Star Wars, the Star Wars saga with its struggle between good and evil democracy and empire can be considered a national epic for the United States, United States, United States, <laughs> United States. <laughs> We're doing great this episode. <laughs> so good. But I, think, I thought that was cool since, um, Lucas got a lot of his, uh, like inspiration from Japanese films and that like good and evil thing. It's very prominent in yeah. everything that you see in Star Wars. So I thought that was kind of a fun fact. But um, originally Lucas saw that children were going to be the prime audience for his stuff. And it ended up being... So he ended up getting a lot of writers to help him, one of which died. Um, oh, gosh. Which person was it? It was a a woman who wrote a lot of science fiction Okay, so Lucas hired sci-fi author Lee Brackett to write Star Wars 2 with him. So it was, like, right after he had done that first movie and, like, he was on to the next. And they held story conferences together. And in late November of 1977, Lucas had produced a handwritten treatment called The Empire Strikes Back, which is that, you know, famous one. And Brackett finished her first draft of that in early 1978, just a year later. And Lucas said he was disappointed with it. But before he could discuss it with her, she died from cancer. Oh my god. Yeah. Imagine that being the last thing you say to somebody and then they die. I'm disappointed. <laughs> Your work sucked. <laughs> but she created a lot of really important moments in those movies. Um, I, I attribute a lot of that genius with the plot twists to her. Um, so I thought that was interesting. Um, like, for instance, it was unlikely, this is just proposed, but it was unlikely that Darth Vader being Luke's father had even been considered before 1978, which is when she died from cancer, um, because there's not a single reference to it before then in any of the films. See, but I really like that. Well, no, I thought that was a genius I think it was Brackett's idea. I think that was her, the whole reason it's famous, I feel like it's because of her. Also, it's no, I am your father. It's not Luke, I am your father. What is it? Because that's the Mandela effect, isn't it? Yes, it's no, I am your father. I feel cheated. It's a Mandela effect because I always remember it, Luke, I am your father. Yeah, everyone says that. It's a Mandela effect. I'm upset about it. It's no. Wow, we really have to ruin everything with lies, deceit. I love a Mandela effect, though. That shit fucks me up. They're crazy. (laughs) It's... It's... Stupid. I hate it. So in 1981, much had changed, making The Empire Strikes Back 
um, was like stressful and costly. And then this is where he like really started. Lucas really started to get crazy. His personal life was disintegrating. I don't really know the details, but he was burnt out and not wanting to make any more Star Wars films. And he vowed to be done with the series and then told Time Magazine in a May 1983 interview that he was done. Isn't that crazy? He obviously was not done, but yeah. People be saying things. But even on that first movie, he was really stressed out. Like, they were pressuring him. And I I can't imagine that kind of pressure either. Um, And also, he was a perfectionist. And I know his movie was low budget. And there was nothing people could do at the end of the day. Because his teams were working hard to make his dreams come to life. And, like, you know, it was their dreams, too. Like, ILM, the, um, what is it, John Dykstra, he was obsessed obsessed with making things look realistic completely realistic i mean the potatoes with the meteorites (laughs) don't call them out like that Uh. (laughs) he was though like he they invented the whole motion control system there was one guy i forgot his name like everyone had their little niche where there was one guy who was obsessed with the structure of everything like the models and all of that stuff the model building and there were other people who were like obsessed with camera angles and stuff. It, it this group of people is second to none. Like they are, they created the FX department. Yeah, essentially, because Lucas was like, "What am I going to do? I have all these special effects in a space dogfight movie. Like, how am I going to make this happen in the 1900s? Right, the night, the whole 1900s, all of them, <laughs> but in like 1913, in 1913 <laughs> when Star Wars was released." You heard it here first. We're spilling all the secrets for you. 1913. <laughs> it was actually a silent film. <laughs> they were just really ahead of their time. They really were. <laughs> but it's it's really cool how they made that whole department. And at first they were operating out of like no space at all. And then for I think halfway through the, the first movie or at the second movie or something, they got a space exclusively. Like they rented out a whole oh Actually, it was on the first movie, and one of the crew members of ILM just got a space. I think it was Dykstra who just, like, found a building by the airport and was like, this is where I'm going to set up shop, because <laughs> Lucas just told him to go and build stuff. He was like, well, here's what I can do for you, and Lucas was like, okay, just go build it. Like, go do it. And so he did, but, like, he had to put all the pieces together. So, I mean, that that whole thing wouldn't have come together without Dykstra, or all those crew members, honestly. They had... They had all the pieces individually, and there was something that one of them said. It was like, the fact that every one of those people in ILM had experience in different spaces and was able to, like, understand what the next person needed. Like, for instance, the model builders would build attachments for the cameras to go on and stuff. Like, so they knew what was expected, like, how to work as a team that cohesively. And it was like, the guy was saying how that is greater than the sum of its parts, And that is, like, one of the only times that statement has ever really made true sense to me because, like, a person really is so much greater than just that one thing that they're good at because they have so much experience surrounding it just to be able to function on that team. And that's why they were so good to me. Like, besides the fact that they were geniuses. Yeah. And their work ethic was just their day and night. None of them had kids, you know, and... Dude, all these people are going to die happy. Uh, I mean, like... And, like, feel proud yeah. of their lives except that for must be nice poor baby anakin i who are these people i'm upset i'm i'm gonna throw hands i'm gonna throw hands why are you fucking around with baby anakin listen i've been ready to throw hands all day y'all are asking for it. honestly 
<laughs> she has been. <laughs> I really have been angry today for no reason. Yeah, he again got his fame in 1973 from American Graffiti, George Lucas, when he produced that or directed that. Um, and that's when he became a millionaire. And then he went to produce Star Wars. So, so he became a gazillionaire. And every after he produced American Graffiti, everyone was obsessed with him. They were like, he's the next big director. I never saw American Graffiti. I kind of want to see it now. I've never seen it. I'm interested to see what it what it's like, how it might even relate to Star Wars and some of the plot and all that. But um, so something else that was interesting is I think this wasn't his original idea, but somebody kind of convinced him to do it. Or maybe it was like the Japanese perspectives in film. But um, Lucas wanted to tell the story of Star Wars from the viewpoint of the droids rather than major players, which you can kind of see like the droids are personified, even though they're like, quote unquote, alive, they are very much personified throughout the whole thing. Like C-3PO is like a human, pretty much. He's a humanoid, yeah. Yeah. And then uh, R2. Yeah, he's got the fucking emotions of one. I'm sorry, but C-3PO makes me want to blow my fucking brains out. I love him. I despise him. Nuh-uh. He's so fucking annoying. I love he him. He's such, like, sad boy energy. And I'm like, please shut the fuck up. He just wants Master Luke to be okay. Are you okay, Master Luke? <laughs> like, shut up, you piece of shit. <laughs> well, also, why didn't you follow your daddy, Anakin? Yeah, he, he'd be disloyal. Honestly, you'd be so disloyal. <laughs> Honestly, though, if you were going to follow Anakin to the depths of that, I would be like, peace. <laughs> like, you have fun, Darth Vader. What is CP3? C- <laughs> CPP. <laughs> I don't know why it's so hard for me. What is C3PO going to fucking do? He's not going to be helpful at all. He'd just be, he's the, he's the comic relief. <laughs> he is, though, you can tell. He's not comic relief. I me. like him. Honestly, but you know who's more funny than him? Is Jar Jar Binks. I was really... <laughs> He's more funny than fucking C-3PO. Service, <laughs> you were going to say R2. I said he literally beeps. I fucking love R2-D2. Who doesn't love R2? Also, He's oh. sassy. How is a robot sassy? He's so sassy. Oh my god. <laughs> He's so sassy. He reminds me of my parents' cat. I love it. He's a robot. <laughs> he, so actually, in the first few movies, he was... Um, there was a little person inside of him I controlling heard that. him. I know that's so cool. Isn't that so dope? It makes sense. I, and everyone kind of has heard that fact throughout, but it's just really cool stuff. I think that's so yeah. cool. He was also a Wookiee. Who? The same guy that was oh, inside R two D two. He also played a Wookiee. Are you talking about the Wookies or the um fucking? Okay. Oh my god! No, it was the Wookies. The Wookiees are the big ones. Oh. You're talking about Ewoks. Ewoks. I get them confused. So, the same guy played the Ewok. Yeah. That's cool. The Ewok that, I think it was the Ewok that, like, stole the bike. (gasps) No way. I think that was him. Because they're also the little hooded figures, too. Yeah, it wasn't those. Yeah, I know. I forgot what they're called. I think it's starts with Dude, those Ewoks and Wookiees, I get them all mixed up. And the only reason I know a Wookiee is because... Chewy. Chewy. Right. But, but for Chewy, it's not Wookie. It's a fucking Chewy. That's Chewy. It's a fucking Chewy. He's, he's not a Wookie. What the fuck is a Wookie? That's a Chewy. That's a fucking Chewy. <laughs> I can't, I'm mad that I can't remember, but it's the little guys with like the, I know the what blaring you're eyes. They used to, I'm telling you, my fantasy was, was real in Disney. Like with these little guys, they were actually running around Disney World. Like they had people that height 
in the costumes. I would be perfect for that role. You would be. No, it was, I think it was, oh, what was the height for them? I can't remember, but it was amazing. Was it 5'1"? Because I'll apply. You Well, they don't, they discontinued it. Fuck them. Do what you the remember hell? what, did, did you ever hear like what they were about at Disney? So you would go into Star Wars Galaxy's Edge in Disney World. And they would be inside um, the area where you can meet characters, like the meet and greets. And so they would be, like, running around in this one area. And you could give them things like paper clips and hair ties and, you know, little things you would find uh, on the street, not pennies. And they would say, like, they wouldn't talk to you, as they don't in the movie either. But, yeah. like, they would be like, no, like, you know, like, signaling no or yes. and Or they would, like, take it, like, snatch it kind of thing because they're traitors. And so... Once they took something from you, they would give you a droid part, and you would collect enough to make a full droid. That and is so dope. I got so close to making a full droid, and then they discontinued it. I totally forgot why. I think the it was something about cast member treatment where they weren't getting treated very well. Like or, every other cast member. Yeah, and they're small, so it's kind of like... I hate that people were like that, but... How cool is that concept? Dude, I want to be an Ewok. It's not the Ewoks. I oh, gotta look at this. I want to be whatever the hell. <sighs> Starts with a J. I get them all mixed up. The only ones I really am sure I know are the human beings and the droids. Jabberwocky? Oh. It's the Jabberwockies. Okay, yeah. Here, I, let me I show know. you a picture. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. These little dudes were They're running in the Mandalorian too. Everywhere. And I loved I loved this whole thing like that they did at Disney. I thought that really brought everything to life. I'm very sad. Fuck you, Disney. I'm really it's it's not their fault because they were getting mistreated and it was very sad, but yeah. Anyway, aside from the droids and stuff, um, I was telling you about like how they would rough up the equipment just to make it look used, which I think is really cool because he wanted Lucas wanted to be different. And so you know that chess. He's board? not like other girls. That's right though, but he knows how to get command attention, I will say, in a movie. You know that little chess game on the ship that they would play? Yeah. So they were originally gonna make those live action people, like just in a small scale. But then uh, Future World came out just before then, which is an, another old film that I've never seen. But, I've also never seen it. But they had done the same concept that while the first film was in production. And so he was like, fuck, like I have to change it. And so he asked the crew, they were like, he was like, can you create small, 12 small alien figures and uh, at miniatures? And they were like, yeah, okay. <laughs> and so they did, and they animated him, and he and they called George Lucas over, and they were like, so do you think you could, like, uh, make this guy, like, pick the green guy up and toss him on the ground? And that's the exact thing that you see in the movie. Dope. Isn't that cool? So um, also a lot of, like, Japanese inspiration. Darth Vader, Obi-Wan Kenobi, you see a lot of, like, Japanese influences in their costumes. Definitely in their the, outfits. Yes. And the, his helmet, the Vader helmet, resembles a samurai helmet. Oh, you know what I saw? Um, Padme, mm -hmm. her clothing, the really lavish outfits, was based on Mongolian women. That's really cool. Isn't that cool? Like yeah. hierarchy. It was like the hierarchy. I didn't know that. The, That's like, really interesting. Rich ones, you know. I don't know much about that in general, but I love that he draws from a lot of different places. Me to too. That's this. really nice. Yeah, I think it's really cool. Also, fucking Natalie Portman. Oh, perfect person. Wonderful. She looks beautiful in... How has she not aged? <laughs> Where's Dude, her age? I don't fucking know, but she looks beautiful as Padme. She looks beautiful as fucking... I mean, anything she does. Honestly, anything she does. Also, something that he drew a lot of inspiration from Lucas was Flash Gordon. So he often says that his original idea was 
um, that evolved into Star Wars was to remake remake the Flash Gordon serials from the 1930s, which a serial is like, I want to say when I looked it up, it was like 20 to 10 to 20 minutes. A crunchy breakfast food. It's okay. I, I didn't understand. I thought it was sorry. funny. I liked it afterwards, but then it was too late to laugh. <laughs> Okay, the cereals? (laughs) Yeah, so they were, like, short bursts, but then they were like, you're not allowed to do that, and he was like, okay. (laughs) But as every fantasy creator, Lucas has often cited the Lord of the Rings series as a major influence on Star Wars, and Tolkien wrote that myth and fairy tale seem to be the best way to communicate morality. I think this is so interesting. I mean, the Bible. Yeah, look at that. Lucas has also acknowledged in interviews that the Gandalf and the witch king characters in the Lord of the Rings influenced the Obi-Wan Kenobi and Darth Vader characters mm. respectively. Interesting. And then Lucas originally created Luke as Luke Starkiller during the production. I saw this yeah. one. Yeah, and changed his name like at the last minute to Skywalker and then altered the title to just the Star Wars. Because it, it was something um, else originally. The reason he named it and then he, Star Wars. So Star Killer, the reason he, Star yeah, Killer, why Charles Manson? What I know. That's kind of interesting. Yeah, apparently it was like too closely resembled to like the people he just murdered, and when this was coming out, like, wow, it was around the time he had murdered those people. Well, I wish he had killed or uh, killed. I wish he had killed those people. <laughs> oh, <God>. He he <laughs> did. <laughs> I wish he had kept that name for him because that's super fascinating. Interesting. Um, well, by this point, he developed a fairly elaborate backstory, though his, though this was not designed or intended for filming. It was merely backstory. The backstory wasn't meant to be a movie, Lucas had said. And, yeah, I guess, like, yeah, with the with ILM, since most major motion picture companies no longer had special effects teams, apparently... It wasn't the first ever, but it, they had become obsolete. And so I remember some of the guys that were a part of MLM. They were MLM. ILM. Family. This is my second beer, please. Thank you, everyone. But it was the guy in ILM. One of them was like, I was worried I wasn't going to have a job because he all he wanted to do was animate like this crazy fake reality stuff since since he was a kid and he was like i was like i'm screwed like that's it i don't know if i'm gonna have a job anymore until star wars came about and then popularized it i guess again nice yeah um okay so the team originally worked in a rundown part of van Wees. i don't know where that is in a cramped workspace that no one liked and a lot of the movie the cantina scene was filmed in the uk and he it ended up based off of something, wasn't it? it I was don't remember. Based off of like a little diner or something, the cantina. I don't think they mentioned that in the docu series, but I remember that Lucas was disappointed with the characters that they had produced, like the masks and stuff, the alien characters. Why? He said they just weren't up to par, like standards, aesthetic I standards. They were funny looking. <laughs> I I mean, like it's part of the charm again of the movie, and then so he had people brought in to create more and add them in later. So there were, like, a ton of designs added on top of it. Interesting. Um, and then, other than, like, I watched the docuseries, but I got really into it, and I have a lot of things from memory for it, but I did write down a few quotes. Perfect. Uh, Thank you. So um, Lucas says this in reference to, like, watching movies and movie audiences, and all, like, the experience you have 
in a movie theater seeing something is like he likes making movies quote because they can see things that they can't see in any other way like that's the fantasy aspect of it so I thought that was kind of cool about movies you know a lot of them will mimic reality but the reason he likes movies is because they don't that's why I like reading yeah and I I don't the fantasy novels yeah I don't read like stuff that can happen in real life I don't like that I also prefer movies that are also that way as well. I like, I love nonfiction and reality and stuff, but I also can latch on to fantasy when it, when it becomes kind of um, philosophical or interesting to pick apart. That's kind of when I latch on to it. And that's why I like Star Wars because it is that more romantic compared to the yeah. militaristic. But I like Star Trek too. I don't know. <laughs> I think it's more of a, my parents were obsessed with it. My brother was obsessed with it. So it was like, kind of like, you can't be obsessed with it. I got like, Oh, I'm over it. Like I've seen enough. I've seen what I needed to see. Yeah. In the quote of Justin Bieber. I've seen what I needed to see. It was already boring before it started because it was so, so like, Oh, we're popularized by your family. Yeah. Yeah. And then my last quote, and this is it. By John Favreau, I think is how you would say his name. He plays Happy in Spider-Man. But I guess this was in reference to, I kind of forgot, in reference to ILM. But it was, he said, they're making it more exciting, more realistic, more magical. Which I thought those were interesting words to put together. Exciting, realistic, and magical all together. Right? It's not realistic. <laughs> but that, it was. Like, the production, like, John Dykstra obsessed with the realism yeah yeah okay yeah in In that that aspect sure right and so yeah he was referring to the process of the creation okay it was just so interesting that all those words came together to meld into star wars and like there's so much that makes star wars as popular as it was a lot of it is timing too like in the cultural perspective because that was right after the vietnam war and the people needed something to reinvigorate with and like something that takes them manson (laughs) something like charles manson you know but that's a thing in um, Spain uh, during Franco and stuff, how a big theme in film was imagination, mm-hmm. like Pan's Labyrinth. I don't know if you've ever seen that. I've heard of it, but I haven't seen it. Not the labyrinth, but Pan's Labyrinth. I know. I know. Yeah. I, I got confused a lot when I first started. When I saw Pan's Labyrinth and everyone was talking about the labyrinth. Anyway. <laughs> I love the labyrinth. I've never seen that movie still. I know. I'm very sad for myself. You should watch it. I it's should good. watch it. <laughs> But yeah, it was like a huge theme was imagination because they couldn't escape their reality in reality. So they had to do it through creativity. And so I think like Star Wars was a big escape for people during that time. Still an escape for people. Yeah, it is. I mean, look at Disney. Look at what Disney's done with it now, too. Like, I mean, I think Disney all in all, I think Disney did a great job. We all knew it was going to be Disneyified. I know, we did know. And who else was going to take that over and do a good job with it? I think they did a great job. I think I, I'm i disappointed in some aspects, but it was a disappointment I saw coming. And I, too, would have sold to Disney. But also, like, we all knew that it was going to be a different different directors, different writers. It was going to be all different, you know, people. Obviously, yeah. George Lucas wasn't going to be on it. Right. So, it's like, we're watching a different perspective of... Star Wars versus the original. I know. People are always going to be upset about that. I'm not. I'm like... I'm not always going to be upset about it, but when episode 7 came out, I was kind of upset. I think I separated the two. I think that's what I did. You have to. At some point, you're going to have to. I did that. This has, like, this is not the same thing. 
<laughs> I did that with Percy Jackson. Because oh, I read right. all the Percy Jackson books, and then I would see the movies. But the problem is, is if, you, if you read the books, the movies suck. But I read the books, loved the books, then watched the movies, loved the movies. But it's because I separated them. Because I'm like... Oh, so Akutar, you say... I'm not watching. I'm not watching Oh, it. yeah? No. Mm-hmm. Not for the same reasons or anything? Fuck off. <laughs> I'm gonna watch the series. And I tell just you how think I think they're gonna ruin it for me. They I just might. have a lot of people have this feeling. I too. get it. I just have this feeling that they're gonna ruin it for me. I gotta say, I I read those, and I don't usually read a lot of series before I see movies and stuff. Like I usually just watch the movies, and I will say, I know there's gonna be a level of disappointment for me when I see that series. Yeah, I think that's where I'm coming from. But like, I'm gonna watch it. <laughs> I love that series so much. That I can't have it ruined for me. It's understandable, but I will watch it and tell you how it is. Tell me how it is. I want to know. Well, that's all I had. That's all, folks. Well, may the fourth be with you. Thank you for and your... And also with you. And also with you. <laughs> Thank you for your undying support. You're welcome. Um, make sure you go to Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts and check out the Almost Everything podcast and give our friends a shout um go check them out they're really funny and it's a good time and we'll smell you later smell you later bye